0: Welcome to the Political Pharmacist Podcast, the first podcast to focus on the political side of pharmacy. Here's your host, Eric Geyer. Welcome, Political Pharmacist Podcast listeners. I'm your host, Eric Geyer. And with me today, I have Dr. Sean Björndahl. He's a graduate from North Dakota State University, so go Bison. And he previously worked for some of the major chains as a pharmacy manager. He's also the founder of RPH Ally. That's R-P-H, then A-L-L-Y, just like you would say it. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Burendal.
1: Thank you so much, Eric. I'm extremely happy to be here and talking with you.
0: Great. Yeah. And the reason I wanted you on here was a lot because of that site that you founded, RPH Ally, which is kind of like a different form of a platform where only pharmacists can interact with one another, which is a very innovative idea in the current online spaces and everything like that. But also you recently launched as part of RPH Ally, a place where pharmacists and only pharmacists can review prescribers that are around where they practice. Can you kind of elaborate on what that is? Thank you
1: for the introduction, and, and that honestly, that that was the genesis of the company itself. That idea. Once I wanted to take it to market, and I, I really struggled with the current platforms out there, out you know, that we currently utilize today, to find the right pharmacist connections to really get it to market. So that's when you know I came up with more of a centralized location for pharmacists, so we can you know share a lot, streamline that sharing of knowledge and data just to reach more pharmacists in general too, in a more focused way. So then when you Came with a prescriber view. I'm just. I, I think back to my retail days. I've been in that situation too many times where I'm picking up shifts on the other side of the city, and I have a controlled substance, probably an opioid, and you know everything checks out clean. But I've never verified prescription this you know issued by this prescriber or this provider. There's not a lot out there for us as far as that that data point. And it's like, well, you know, I I would call other pharmacists, you know, down the street, and be like, hey, have you seen this prescriber or Whatnot and and you know maybe maybe not be helpful but this is kind of a really simple way where we can all share our opinions and help those pharmacists who don't know that provider that doctor that PA to really make a more informed decision when they're when they're dispensing really I mean I, it was built on the controlled substances but or for the controls but really you know I guess that's where we have all of our corresponding responsibility requirements you know for the DEA and boards of pharmacy so. Uh, that that's really it. It's just really pharmacists helping pharmacists really take better care of their patients so they don't turn patients away when they're not comfortable filling a prescription or on the flip side if uh, if there is really some illegitimate or non-legitimate illegitimate prescribing going on you know, then we can kind of take care of that at, right then and there as well. So.
0: Yeah, and I've been in that boat numerous times uh, even where I currently work where all of a sudden you start seeing one prescriber show up repeatedly and it's not exactly the closest to you and you're going why is this person showing up all of a sudden? Like I've never seen them before. Why am I getting five, six patients a day coming in with the same prescription for something like Norco or Xanax or Soma? like you know all back to back from this this provider? And so then you start making phone calls and I don't want to say you're wasting your time because you're doing your due diligence, but it's really hard to then, You know, you call the guy across the street. He saw the same thing. You're both not sure. Then you call someone else. You call a pharmacy near, you know, you're having to do all this digging that really what you're doing with this is just putting it all in one spot so people can see it if they go and look that person up. And I was actually messing around with this before this podcast and you can even see any provider in the country and what their current ratings are. So, you know, if I'm here in Ohio, I can go check a pharma or a prescriber in Arizona or Los or Nevada or somewhere like that if I'm all of a sudden seeing their prescriptions and say maybe their office isn't open, but I just want to know what other pharmacists think about their prescribing. So I think that's a really innovative platform. Was it opioids and controls that started this or has it expanded at all?
1: No, it really really just the controls, I mean, the opioids that first thing come to mind, but that's just because they're the biggest problem right now. But it could really be for any type of controls, or honestly, it is for what the pharmacists make make of it. At the end of the day, the tool is just provided. You know, let's throw it out there and, and see if it sticks.
0: So is is the reviewer anonymous, or how does that all, like, what kind of goes in to keep, you know, because pharmacists could be worried about if it gets seen or if there's a comment or things like that. You know, we all have seen social media horror stories from Facebook and things like that. So what's kind of done so that the pharmacist or the reviewer is protected a little bit?
1: Yeah, I like we said about searching on the prescribers, because, you know, it is, you can search nationally because you have a lot of snowbirds. You have, you have a lot of people that move around, but you will only be presented with prescribers in your area and your local area. Right now we have it set at a, at a 10 mile radius. So any prescribers within 10 miles of your work location that you enter in as your work location will be fed to you. You can also, you know, if you know them by name, you can search them. So it makes it easier, but yes, the reviews are anonymous. So you, you plug the review. Um, it is not, there's nothing presented to the other members that shows who who you know rated that prescriber and also there is no comments like that that's one of the things like when when we were designing it that was we knew that right away that you know we have to protect the pharmacist here so that's why we didn't have the ability to leave comments because then you're going to be showing kind of who made that comment so yep anonymous and you can only review prescribers within your local area
0: okay and that makes sense because we have a prescriber by me that goes from yeah, you know, I think it's the Las Vegas area to the Cleveland area and back and forth. And I know his all his information links to Las Vegas, so I looked it up. I was like, oh, huh, that's interesting." He's you know he's not shown by me, but I see why, and that makes why it makes sense why I couldn't review him then because he's mostly there, but he does kind of like venture here during the summer and stuff like that. So it does make sense. How long does it usually take the person to leave a review from your end since you're kind of behind the scenes?
1: I mean, within seconds. It, it's really, I mean, it, if you know the name. You can type it in and it'll pop right up. If you if you are, let's just say, you know, because w- one of the problems that I've always known about this is just, you know, we, we know the pharmacist schedule and, and, and the workload that we have to endure. So it's, are you going to have time to drop reviews when you're at work? Yeah. yeah. Probably not. You know, if you're verifying a prescription, you're like, oh, yeah, this is one of my favorite doctors. I'm going to drop a review. So you type his name in, comes up seconds later, you hit the four star because you like him he, you know, or him or her. And, and you're done in five to 10 seconds or, or if you're bored, instead of grabbing your LinkedIn or your Twitter account, you can go like, I'm going to go rate some doctors and I'll spend five minutes there, kind of scroll through, you know, see the doctor you recognize, hit the arrow button, rate the review, just really seconds. It doesn't take that long.
0: Yeah, I actually had the same experience. I was going in and looking at some doctors by where I practice and writing them and it was super quick. It was really easy. And, you know, everything worked the exact way you said it. So I'm um, I'm glad that, you know, I had a good user experience of what you said. And it was really nice too to see that I could go in there and do that and then know that somebody is getting some sort of feedback from what I think as a professional in a in a good setting that's clean without comments or any sort of garbage or baggage to it just kind of like my thoughts are thrown out there about that prescriber. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that part of the platform that you built because it's just it's very objective. It gives a number, it's a you know 1 to 4 star rating and it even tells you kind of why you should rate them. The how many stars, you know, what it tells you how many stars you should rate them based on what you think. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. What yep. What was your intent behind this? Was there anything that like a specific incident that motivated it, or was it just something like that had just kind of <laughs> bubbled over? Or like w- what happened?
1: Yeah, a couple of years ago, I did dispense a fraudulent opioid, you know, oxy oxy thirty prescription. Um, I did my checks, you know, and and the PDMP was clean. It was actually a fake prescription, a very well done fake prescription. And it was on a Saturday to where I had reached out to the prescriber. Obviously, they weren't open. Left a message. They called back on Monday, confirming that it was that it was, um, you know, not theirs, not written by them. So that that's you know, it started the whole investigation. That was my first time dealing with a uh, with a board of pharmacy complaint, where you know they came into my pharmacy and did a lot of documentation records, and I had to wait a couple months before uh, you know any type of result came from that so that that was kind of one of those things where i mean i never really liked dispensing controls for that reason i've always lived in you know since i've graduated i've always lived in lived in bigger cities where you don't know all of your patients either right so it's just one of those things where it's like you know and and when you look at the information out there on prescribers it's there's nothing really there you know there you can't check a pdmp on a prescribed which maybe is probably a good thing because you have a pain specialist and they have a lot of lot of opioids and pain medications, right? So how do you, you know, how do you really take that into account? So I mean, this is this is really getting the pharmacists who know these prescribers to share their share their opinions to help other pharmacists at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and I really thought that was a kind of what what really set it apart from everything else was because if you go look at you know you say you Google the doctor you look at you can find websites that rate them, but it's all from the patient perspective. And I've done that before for prescribers who I thought were you know prescribing for illegitimate purposes or not exactly practicing within like their limits and you know I'll find the online and it'll be like you know five stars, four and a half stars and it's like he gives me everything I want blah 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 and I'm sitting here looking at a prescription that's uh, you know super sketchy for the either the pain medication or you know, it's like Xanax, two milligram in the massive quantities, or I've you know, I have five people in line with the same prescription, things like that, that really kind of throw those red flags up for me. But when you go online, you're like, well, everyone seems to like the guy, and then you know, you try and look at other places, and there's no real good way for the pharmacist to share their opinion where they won't be basically just completely yelled at, knowing that you know there might be nine people he's treating that are fine, but there might be you know five more that really aren't, and so this is a way that you can kind of dive into that nuance a little bit from the pharmacy perspective. One thing I was looking at too, and I like that you kind of uh, alluded this already, is that this is what the pharmacists make it. So if you start seeing specialty medicine doctors who have just like really off-label uses or doses and they're really smart, you can go in there and leave a positive review for them to help somebody else know that, hey, they're, they're a good prescriber, they know what they're talking about, even though you might see some crazy prescriptions. Was that kind of what you were referring to with that?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, this is, you know, like I said, the genesis or, you know, when, it, when I thought of the idea... You know, that was really specific, specifically for the controls, but, but like, I mean, I, I think what you picked, what, what you picked up on was, was perfect. It is what the pharmacists make of it. If it works for that, great. You know, I just, I just want to be able to help pharmacists and help pharmacists be allies to each other at the end of the day. Um, we're all in this together. If you look at the job market, things like that, I know that's a whole other topic, but it's like, I did have a question the other day when I've been t- talking to a lot of people about this and. And he, he said, why would other pharmacists help their com- competitors, like, of the other pharmacists? Well, it's, it's not. They're not competitors at the end of the day when you look at it. I mean, you call back and forth for transfers every day, but that's not the way I see a fellow pharmacist, right? So yeah. that was kind of a, another reason. That was the first time someone had twisted it that way. And I was like, well, I never thought about that, number one, because I look at other pharmacists as colleagues. So it's just kind of like colleagues, not competitors. So.
0: Yeah, we're all allies in the same fight to help, you know, public health here is kind of the way I look at it as well. And, you know, I think about, and I'm sure you've seen it, but the Netflix documentary, The Pharmacist, right, with Dan Schneider and all the work he put in to kind of bust that one, one or two pain clinics, whatever it was. And a tool like this could have really helped something like him catch this quicker or other pharmacists catch on to something like this quicker because now they can see that, you know, we'll use him as an example. Dan rated the, pharma- or the prescriber as a one. And, you know, another pharmacist rated as a one, and then another pharmacist did, okay, well, now there's something going on here. And that kind of helps you, you know, maybe send it off to the DEA a little quicker when it comes to something like that. It could be, even for, you know, the state medical board, if, you know, you're looking at something like COVID with hydroxychloroquine prescribing and how people were doctors were prescribing it for themselves, their families, their friends, and their dogs, just so they can try and, you know, get their, uh stockpile of it in case it did help for COVID too. So that's kind of another, th- this is one of those things I think that, you know, you drew it up with the, the base of opioids, but the law of unintended consequences really opens the, the floodgates here for a great tool. Is that kind of your perception of it now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that's, that's awesome. Dan, Dan Schneider is probably my hero. I mean, I, I love that documentary. <laughs> I I actually tried you know I've, I've tried to reach out to him. Yeah, I haven't got a meeting with him yet. I hope to just because uh, when when this came out, I'm like, or that Netflix special came out, I was like, oh, that he's gonna love this. Like I and that <laughs> and that was actually motivation for me too to like I gotta hurry up and get this out, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but no, yeah, but you're absolutely absolutely right. They can help with all those all the situations. One one other one that. One other story just sticks out with me. I picked up a shift, like you know, another OT shift. I was out of town. Same patient came in, you know, younger man in his uh, late 30s, you know, for another oxy 30 prescription, had history of it, and I tried using the line, like you know, I need to clarify something with the doctor on this, and you know, he yells at me, and, and I and I folded, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah. good good deal, we'll, we'll get him out and. uh, you know, and, and at the time, it's like, you know, like if I would have had this and noticed that, you know, just checked it with the prescriber, everything's good, like good ratings, I wouldn't have even ask that question. I would have been like, okay, the patient's good, the prescriber's good, per my colleagues' opinions, I'm, gonna t- I'm just going to send this guy out with his medication, right? So, it goes both ways. I like that you called out the one-star reviews. You know, that, that's one of those things where, again, goes back to the pharmacist nation here. You know, Will Farms has put one-star reviews on there, even if it's anonymous. We have yet to, you know, that's yet to be determined. But I know pharmacists will put four-star reviews for their favorite, favorite prescribers, favorite providers because they work with them so, so often. So you can still even get some data behind that. And be like, oh, okay, you know, this this prescriber does have some good reviews. Or you know, like I'm thinking of the floater pharmacist or the fill-in pharmacist or, or like you, like you said earlier, when you have patients coming from longer distances that you're not used to. So. A lot, of, lot, of, lot of different ways we can look at this, and I'm, I'm glad you kind of spoke to all of that there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I really, I really like it because it's one of those things that to me just seems so obvious, and I'm like, man, why did someone come out with this sooner? Like we could have used this, you know, in 2010, <laughs> when we were having all these issues with overdoses and stuff, especially in my state here in Ohio, which was just hugely affected all across the state, big city, rural, wherever, and. It's almost like the thing that's just so obvious that we just need it out there. And honestly, I think all the I prescriber should want it too because it helps hold them accountable in a different fashion. And, yeah, people don't like it when they get criticism. But, you know, it helps you, for a coloring term, stay between the lines of what you're doing, right? I had a, again, this is not opioid-related, a prescriber who wrote for surgling 600 milligrams for a patient. And I was like, whoa, like this is triple the max dose. I have no idea what this is for called around, I actually was filling in at a store, like you said, so I didn't know the area very well. I texted the pharmacy manager, who I happen to know really well. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Never saw that before. Call some other pharmacist. I'm like, hey, I can't fill this. And then the guy is like, well, I'll just transfer it. No pharmacist would take the prescription from me when they got the dose. It was just one of those crazy examples. I actually had to call a friend who is a pharmacist whose wife is a, a pediatric um, psychiatrist. And she was like, yeah, no, never never use a dose like that. That's that's not something you should ever dispense. So yeah, good job of refusing that. But you shouldn't have to go through that many steps to help vet the, vet the prescriber. is kind of what I'm getting to here. So I, yeah. you know, that, that's why I like having this all in one spot. I think that's awesome. Is there any possibility that you could start seeing like 25 one-star reviews come in for a prescriber that you might be like, hey, we need to share this with the Board of Medicine? And you would obviously use the anonymous reviews or just say, hey, look, we're, we're getting a lot of flags on this guy. Would you maybe dive into that? Is that something you might do in the future or something you're just like, no, I want to keep this only between pharmacists?
1: I think that would be a good direction to go. I mean, it, it, as long as the reviews are anonymous, like that information is protected, I think that would help benefit everybody. I mean, I, I see that as, as a collaboration of, you know, all trying to tackle the opioid epidemic or whatever epidemic we're in at the time, you know, just to kind of make things better for public safety. So yes, to that, I, I want to say, I mean, I, you know, and I, I hopefully, hopefully we will get to that point where that's valuable information that, could be and should be shared with the governing boards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fine line of you want to keep it anonymous, but you also want to do right by everybody else. So I, I totally understand that there. And what do you think that this could build out to in the future? Is there any other plans or is it just kind of like, since this is in the burgeoning beginning, you're just going to kind of play it, you know, month by month to kind of see what you can make of it.
1: Like I, was alluded, like I said before, there's a lot of functionalities that I want to build into this. Um, this is the MVP or the minimal viable product. I will have enhancements that'll make it, you know, like right now it's, it's simple to use as you can. It's like, you can either scroll, you can type in the, the provider's name, you know, just basic. Right. And there are functionalities that I want to be able to push for the pharmacist and, and just kind of help increase the engagement, help increase the tools and maybe like the connectivity from farms pharmacist to pharmacists, especially like in your local areas. So um, I, I, I see it's improving it just, so this is just the base. Cause one thing I do want to call out too, is I do not have, dentists, optometrists, things like that. So anybody who's coming in who should only be prescribing three to five days, I thought, okay, let's, because data is an issue too. There's over, I think 1.5 million prescribers loaded into this thing. So that's just to make it functionally and quick. We had to scale that back a little bit. So again, that's going to be an improvement where we bring in more, you know, better data sources, better handling, things like that. So um, right now it's, it's just, it is what it is as far as functionality, but look, look to greatly improve it as well but there's also a fine line too because the first designs were probably too difficult not user friendly so it's like okay we had to make it like like i said as simple as possible so so we don't have to explain it over and over again you know to to our
0: members yeah pharmacists are used to dealing with computer issues and you know that's one of those things we always bang our head in the wall so I'm, I, it is very easy to use i was really impressed with that that a pharmacist like you oh. could go and do something like that which really speaks to your skill and Understanding our headaches, we go through at work and want to have something easy to work with. So, where can people sign up for this and also RPH Ally at the same time?
1: So it's just you know you can download the apps from Google like or the Google Play or iOS and then log in that way or sign up that way or you can go to rphally.com and you can also download the you know they also have the action action buttons or to get you to the app stores and sign up that way as well. You know, like one of the biggest questions is you know. Why do we need their pharmacist license? Well, that's you know we validated every every license that every member that comes in, making sure that you know their license is in good standings and they're indeed a pharmacist. So that's one of the hiccups. And then also signing up for the prescriber review, we have we have a double verification. So you do have to sign up again to utilize the prescriber review inside the app as well. So just want to make sure everyone else is aware of that.
0: Yeah, because the first time I saw it, that was, I'm like, why am I signing in again? But once you explained them, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. There's security reasons and things like that. The The other thing I want to make sure to, to say there is I like that you actually make us have the pharmacist license punched in there. People might get a little sketchy about that, but that's all public information. If someone wants it, they can walk in, see your name, and Google it on Amazon whatever state that they want to look it up in so it's not like that's a private thing but that's just a way that you guys can take public information to verify that we're in good standing and that we are who we say we are through the state boards of pharmacy so i actually at first i was like the same way I'm like why am i punching this in but you know after we talked and obviously i like dug into it I'm like oh yeah that is public information that just makes sense that you can verify that almost it's i mean it's more public than a driver's licenses so that's all the more reason you use that information over something else right All right, well, you know, I really like what you're doing there. I highly encourage people to download or sign up for RPH Ally. That's R-P-H-A-L-L-Y. But I can't let you go before asking you two questions I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, which since you're more of a, a, a tech pharmacist guy, this could be a little interesting here. If you could change one thing, not really a law, but just one thing about pharmacy, what would it be?
1: You know, honestly, I think I've had a lot of bosses in my day, and they've all been pharmacists, but their bosses have not been pharmacists. So I, I would like to see more, more of the executive leadership be pharmacists. If you're in like some sort of pharmacy operation or corporation, I mean, I think that would say a lot to, and help out with some of the metrics that pharmacists are are held to.
0: Yeah, and I, I, one good to call out there too is most people get an online MBA for, for pretty inexpensive right now. So when it comes to pharmacy people looking to get in those roles, you can get an online MBA for. I think as little as 10 or 15 grand right now, which is not too bad for compared to other degrees. And you pretty much qualify if you have a farm D. So hopefully motivating people to go get that would also make that come true. Cause that's actually one thing I would love to see change too, for the exact reasons you said. So we know what, so the people above us know what it's like to be on the front lines.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's funny too, because when I, you know, in pharmacy school, we were, we were offered that, you know, for if you win an extra year, it would be instead of four years to be five. And that was, that was included basically like, basically free and at the time i'm like well no i'm going to school to be a pharmacist right you never you know you you don't see yourself like wanting to be in these other roles when you're in school because you're you're just strictly there to help people right (laughs) so i'm like that's kind of one of those hindsight things i'm like man i wish i would have gotten that mba (laughs) when i was in pharmacy school and i had the time to do it
0: yeah no yeah me and you are in the same boat having little kids families life and yeah no it's it's tough to try and make Make room for that after the fact. So for those of you, if you're in pharmacy school, take advantage of those opportunities. I know you don't want any more student loans, but you know, look look for those advantages where you can get them. All right, if you could change one law about pharmacy, federal or state, what would it be and why?
1: Oh Boy, um, there's a lot here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with some less obvious ones because you know we're already getting nice a nice push from the APA and all the national organizations for provider status. I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'm gonna go to the pharmacist-to-technician ratio, and, um, you know, there's a couple of states out there that have big ones or none at all. I, like to, I, would, I would like to leave that up to the pharmacist um, for that professional judgment. I just, you know, you get your hands tied. I could do a lot more if I had more help in the pharmacy, and, and the, way, you know, the way the world works, you can't pay more pharmacists to be there at the same time, so give me more help and allow me to have more help so I can, I can do my job.
0: Okay. So actually expanding the technician to pharmacist ratio a little bit is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's one that we've heard a few times on, on the podcast too, well, at least once or twice. So I think it's one of those things we've okay. talked about quite a bit. And, uh, it, it's interesting as we're seeing the so it's not, the profession so it's change. Not a with long answer. No, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a little bit different than what some other people said, but I appreciate it for the same reason because with, with COVID and technicians about to start administering vaccines, we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of upheaval in our industry and for better or worse, we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Sean, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on here. Um, where can people find you and learn more about you? Since we already talked about RPH Ally a little bit.
1: Well, I would say for farms is so head to rphli.com, sign up, start uh, plugging in there, watch the community grow. That or LinkedIn would be probably the, the second choice.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of pharmacists are on LinkedIn, and then they can click your profile and learn about kind of what you're doing there too if they want to get more information before they sign up for something else. But I highly encourage people to do it. I'll be sharing links to all this stuff in the show notes, and we'll get this out as quick as we can. So as always, thanks, Sean, for coming on the podcast. And listeners, thanks for listening to the Political Pharmacist Podcast, your prescription for pharmacy and politics. <laughs>